Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Test one, two. Good evening. How are y'all on this Saturday night? It's so good to see all you here. <laughs> I like having bliss. It's like we're just me and you, bliss. We're just having a conversation tonight. So I'm going to talk to Bliss about some things tonight. If y'all want to listen in, that's okay. Uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, Dad told me Wednesday night that I was teaching tonight. Uh, any of you that have worked with Dad long, you know that that's a really good heads up for him. Uh, so he did really well this time. Uh, <laughs> I had, uh, How many of you, i got some LaSalle people here, huh? Some of our LaSalle people that are here Wednesday night. All right, Lacey's Wednesday night. That was some stuff. We got into some stuff Wednesday night. (laughs) I see them directing back there. I'm trying to focus here. Um, And I really expected to go into maybe some continuation of that or even some stuff from Sunday morning. Uh, Just there's so much there. But last night, uh, I was getting ready to go to sleep, and uh, Courtney's mom is staying with us this weekend. So I was really excited because she was keeping the baby, and we were actually going to sleep last night, and it was so incredible. I was getting ready to go to sleep, and I just, before I went to sleep, something I've been trying to get in a habit of over this last week or so is before I go to sleep of just, just turning my mind, turning my attention and my focus on God, just putting it on the Holy Spirit and asking you, God, look, if you, I'm giving you my rest. I'm giving you my time as I'm asleep tonight to just speak to me, show me things, dreams, whatever it may be. And, and as I was just about to fall asleep, I heard the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. And then I just went into some incredible sleep. Uh, slept all night long. 6.30 this morning, I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, the first thing I could think of was the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom, and I knew I'm not going to get to do a part two of what I thought I was in. I knew that immediately. So I got up this morning and got over here, just went to doing some praying and digging on this. Uh, Some of you, your mind is probably already running, and you're thinking of the parables where Jesus would start with the kingdom of heaven is like. And we are going to get there, but I want to start with, I'm going to do all of my reading tonight out of the book of Matthew. Uh, And I'm going to do that just to make it easier on us as a group. Uh, You could pull these scriptures from all four gospels in different places, but for the sake of just working our way through, um, we're just going to do everything from Matthew. And we're going to begin with Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. But before we read, I would like to pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you are so faithful. And I thank you for every son and daughter that is seated in this room tonight. I pray that you just unlock some things within us, begin to do some spiritual work on the inside uh, as we begin to mix our faith with what we hear, that you would begin to conform us into the image of your son, Father. We thank you for it tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Matthew four seventeen. Most of you all probably know this scripture, even though you may not have known the address. But this is Jesus showing up on the scene. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for why? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Some of yours may say the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus shows up on the scene, and the first thing he starts trying to um, communicate with the people is, 
there's something now available for you, but the access is repentance. He's saying, I, because I'm here, something's now available that wasn't available yesterday. Man, this is... Something became accessible. As a matter of fact, if you read it in the Passion Translation, that last phrase is, heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible. Jesus shows up on the scene and makes a bold declaration. You now have access to something that you didn't have access to yesterday. What is that something? He said, now your your part of this deal is to repent. The word there is actually metanoia. And it does not mean turn and go the other direction. It means change the way you think. Something's now available, but to access it, you can't think like you thought yesterday. Y'all with me? Something is now available because I'm here. And for you to access it, you got to start thinking different. You got to start thinking differently. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, change the way you think, understand that something is now accessible. I'm, I, I got hung up here today in prayer of just, just praying, uh, and, and, and in prayer, the Holy Spirit began to connect it to, I pray that the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. And it's like he began to have me praying this of, let our understanding be enlightened to know what's been made accessible. To know that the kingdom of heaven is now within reach. Jesus showing up meant now I have access to a realm that they didn't have access to in the Old Testament. I now have uh, permission to go into a realm that they didn't have permission to go into. He said, but you can't get there thinking the way you thought yesterday. Can I tell you on the first night of our Kingdom Advance weekend... What's been made available and that we are about to present to you for the remainder of the year, you cannot access it thinking like you thought yesterday. You can't, the level of repentance you're in today won't carry you into the level of the kingdom you're about to be presented. Uh, A quote that we absolutely love by Pastor Bill Johnson is We repent enough to go to heaven, we just don't repent enough to see the kingdom. We repent enough that I won't spend eternity in hell, but are we repenting on the level that we're living in the kingdom? We now have access to the kingdom. If it's really cold in here, y'all can bump that air. I see several people covering up, and I've been on the stage playing, so I'm hot, but don't. If y'all are cold, do whatever you need. The kingdom of heaven has now been made accessible. So I begin to think and just pray and conversate with the Holy Spirit today. If we are going into what uh, God has led our pastor to say, this is a kingdom advance. We are about to pour out teaching, revelation that will advance you in this kingdom. So where do we start? Where do you begin with something so big, something so grand? You start where Jesus started. Repent. Because something's being made accessible that you couldn't get to yesterday. I love the scripture that says, His mercy is new every morning. You know what that means? There's a mercy accessible today that wasn't accessible yesterday. There's a brand new, recreated, all new mercy for you today that you didn't have yesterday. But you can't access that mercy if you still think about yourself the way you thought yesterday. 
Now we're getting sidetracked. You see, so what happens is Jesus shows up on the scene and says some, some things got to shift. Some things got to change. We got to start changing the way you think. And, and I recently heard an apostle break this down in such a way that we've, we've taken this scripture and we've, we've married it to and fallen in love with intellectualism. Well, if I can think good enough, right? If I can think good enough, I can live like that. But the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Not as you think in your head. And he made the statement, he said, you can do what you think in your head, but you can only be what you think in your heart. Oh, that's just too good. He began, to, he, he began to help me in such a way and show me that when Jesus was saying you got to change the way you think, he didn't literally mean come up with a new thought process. No, there's an inward thinking in the deepest part of you. Uh, uh, King James translated that word to heart, so it would help us a lot. But the thing that hurts us is when we translate it heart, we always connect it to feelings because the heart is where we... You know what I mean? We create this idea of feeling when it has nothing to do with feeling. Because the original translation would have actually been your kidneys or your even maybe your bowels. I know this sounds weird. The ideology is the innermost part of you. Not how you feel, not because it gives you butterflies, not because it gives you chill bump. The innermost part of you. So even though you have been religiously trained to think good, if in the innermost part of you, you still think the old way, you can't enter the kingdom. You can't live in a kingdom that you don't think that way in the innermost part of you. He said, it's time to repent. Repentance is not a mind game. Repentance is a heart change. You change the way your heart thinks. He changes the way your heart thinks. Jesus shows up on the scene and says, because I'm standing here, something's now available that wasn't available before. So let's jump into the kingdom of heaven is like. Are y'all ready? Let's jump over to Matthew chapter 20. Now, I am a nerd. I don't know how else to put that. I love to read. I love to study. Uh, so you don't know how hard I fought today not to literally go through and break down every single scripture where Jesus said kingdom. I will admit I wrote them all down, but I didn't go into all of them. I had to restrain myself and stay focused for where we're at tonight. So who knows how long this may carry out throughout the rest of this year. But this is where he specifically took me. When I heard the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like, I was already in my mind headed towards the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds a treasure in the field. I thought, that's where I'm going. I'm ready for this. And we will get there. But this is not where Holy Spirit took me. I come over here in prayer. I did some reading, started praying. And he actually took me to Matthew chapter 20, which is the parable of the workers in the vineyard. So we're going to read all the way through this story, 1 through 16, and then we're just going to we'll, we'll, we'll step back and jump into it, all right? Uh, Matthew 20, verse 16. We're going to do the old school thing. If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, fake it till you make it. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner 
who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about a third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right for you, Whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he also answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. So when he took me to this parable, I have to admit, first, I just was, I pumped the brakes. I was like, no, I don't want this one. I don't want to touch this one. And I just kept reading through it in prayer. I just kept, I was in here just pacing back and forth, and I would read it, and I would pray, and I would read it, and I would pray, and I kept just trying to focus. And he started asking, the Holy Spirit started asking me questions about it. Because we know this starts off like several of Jesus' parables. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. So he began to ask me the question, what is the parable about? And of course, I was like, it's about a guy that hires people and pays them all this. I don't know. I'm not that intellectual. Like, give me a break. And he just kept at, And then he changed the question and said, who is the parable about? And my first reaction, I have to be honest, was, well, the laborers, they're getting paid different. And even the, uh, the King James, the little cool heading that they give us over all these little things, even says the parable of the workers. And then he asked me again, no, who's the parable about? So I went back. And the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner. The kingdom of heaven is like, he said, so who's the parable about? It's not about the workers. We, we, get, we miss the whole thing because we're so focused on the workers, but the parable is actually about the landowner. The parable is actually about the father. See, if it's a parable about the kingdom, it must be about the king. So he began to ask me to find myself in this parable. <laughs> it's never good when he does that. The kingdom is actually about the landowner. And what happens in the parable is the workers get disgruntled based on what they thought they deserved. See? And what happens is we take the parable and make it about the workers because we're just like them. We find ourselves in a place 
where we're categorizing us and others and determining what we think we should get from God. If you've ever experienced disappointment and that disappointment had any relation to God, then you're this worker. And in your mind, you may not have said it, but you thought, I should have got more for what I did. I should have got more recognition, more whatever. I, I should, because they didn't do what I did. I should have gotten something. So what happens is, just like we make the parable about the workers, we make the kingdom about us. And if I advance in the kingdom, what does it do for me? It doesn't matter. It's not about you. If it's the kingdom, it's about the king. And so in reality, they all receive the same reward. They all get the same exact payment at the end. Why? Because what they got had nothing to do with them, and it had everything to do with the king. The parable's not about them. It's about the goodness of the king. And if his goodness towards someone causes me to be ungrateful, then I'm not content with the king. I'm just content with, well, what do I get out of this? So he took me into this parable to start with, to go ahead and right out of the gate, let me know the kingdom's not about you. The kingdom is about the king. It's not about us, it's not about our works, it's not our ability, it's not about our longevity, it's about the king, and it's about the king's goodness. He began to show me that often what happens is, especially for us that have been in this for a while, your longevity robs you of your gratefulness. And because you've been in it so long, you quit being grateful because you don't think you're getting what you should get out of it. And some new person will come along, some brand new, and all of a sudden all this stuff's happened in their life, and you may not say nothing, but in the back of our mind we're thinking, look, I've been carrying this burden for a minute. They don't, e they don't even know yet. I, I love how we treat new converts like we treat new marriages. Oh, you don't even know yet. It's going to suck later. <laughs> Is that not what we do? Oh, you enjoy the honeymoon phase. How many times has a new convert heard the phrase honeymoon phase? Oh, you're just in the honeymoon phase, so just wait till all hell breaks loose. What if we begin to say, wait till all heaven breaks loose and you're walking in the kingdom? Sorry, that's just a pet peeve of mine. So what happens is when we've been in it a while, we start categorizing where we think we should be on the pay scale. Because, like he said, I, I've been doing this for a while now. Like, I've been in this. So why didn't? And why didn't? And we begin to lose our gratefulness. But one of the key elements of the kingdom is gratefulness. Thankfulness. It's being grateful. What's crazy is they're upset that they're only getting paid what they're paying, even though they worked all day, when from the beginning they agreed to get paid what they got paid. They, they agreed on it. They were happy with it. The only, part, only time they become unhappy is when they begin to compare what they had to what someone else had. And then comparison robs them of their gratefulness. The kingdom of heaven is like the landowner. We have to be very careful here because if we get this messed up, we'll think the kingdom of heaven is like the workers. And we make the parable, but it don't say that. The kingdom of heaven is nothing like the workers. The kingdom of heaven is like the man who owns the land. And he's just so good. 
He's so good. The parable is about the king and his goodness. The kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like what? If it's like the landowner, then what is the landowner like? You know, never mind, we're going to let that go. So what is the landowner like? The kingdom of heaven is like, let's look at Matthew chapter 13. This is where Jesus does a bunch of them back to back. They're all so good, we're not going to go through all of them. But I want to show you something here. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to read verse 24, 37, and then 44 through 46. Matthew 13, verse 24 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. All right? So the kingdom of heaven is like what? A man who sowed good seed. Now look at verse 37. And he answered to them and said, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man, who is... Jesus. So what's Jesus teaching us right now? That when I tell you the kingdom of heaven is like a man, that man I'm talking about is me. That's what Jesus is trying to establish. I'm the man. I'm the guy that I keep telling you about. So if that's the case, then verse 44, Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which... A man found, so who is the man? Jesus. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and purchases the field. 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had. And he bought it. See, if we make the parable about the workers, then we make this parable about us. But this parable ain't about us. This parable is about Jesus. And so in prayer today, he began to say, if we make this parable about us and we found a treasure, we sold everything we had to get it. He said, then let's look at it from the point of view. Let's look at it from relativity. Based on that, what did you have to sell to get Jesus? See, it does, when you start pulling it apart, you think it doesn't even make sense. What did I have to give up to gain him? But in relation, what did he give up? He sold everything. He laid down his crown. He took his feet off of the stool called earth. Wrap your mind around that for a second. And brought himself down so small and so lowly. Why? Because he found a pearl. And you were that pearl. What is the kingdom like? The kingdom is like a Jesus who lays down his life for you. And it's nothing else. The kingdom's not about what we do and what we get and how we accomplish. No, the kingdom of heaven is like a man. And he so fell in love with a pearl. He sold everything. He bankrupt heaven. He gave up everything to come and get us. The kingdom of heaven is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the kingdom. He sold everything he had. He didn't hold anything back. 
So what is this kingdom that we're looking to advance in? This kingdom we're looking to advance in is a kingdom where the king gives up everything for you. Everything. What a king. While we stand back and say, well, I really thought I'd get more out of that. Because we're the land, we're, we're the workers, remember? We're the ones sitting saying, really thought I was going to get more out of this deal. I thought I did enough that it would, it would be more than this. But the kingdom of heaven is like someone who sold everything to get for you. For you to save your life, to change our lives, to, to, to take us from where we were one step over into the marvelous light. That is the kingdom of heaven. And if we ever get away from that, we've gotten away from the kingdom. Over the next months, we're going to pour revelation and, and, and understanding and some incredible teaching into you. But can I tell you the basics of the kingdom is this. Jesus Christ and him crucified for you and you and you and you. And if that doesn't create the level of gratefulness that keeps us in a posture of saying thank you and not saying why didn't I get this and why didn't I get that, I am... I am I have been so convicted for the lack of gratefulness, not only in my own life, but in the life of a church where it's always about, well, they got this and I got that and I thought it was going to be more like this. I thought it was going to be more like that. He said, the parable's not about you. The parable's about the king. But when we make it about us, the first thing to go is your gratefulness. Gratefulness is the first thing you experience in the kingdom. When Jesus shows up on your scene, the only response is gratefulness. It, but once we've been in it for a little while, once we do exactly what they told us to and we get out of the honeymoon phase, which I mean, I assume that means we're not in love anymore. I'm, I'm not sure where that's supposed to go. Then we start becoming ungrateful for what we've gotten. And because they had been working for a while, they become ungrateful for what they had gotten. If you read through the story, you understand that if he doesn't hire them, they don't get hired. If he doesn't show up and give them what they got, they don't get it. It's not, oh, he was just the, the other option. No, he was the only option, and you can, you, can, you can prove that by going in the parable. And when he gets at the 11th hour, there's still guys standing there saying, there's no one to hire us. Man, that's so good. There's, there's no one to give us what we have. There's no one else. And when there was no one else, and he bankrupt heaven to give us what we got, three months down the road, we're sitting there saying, really thought I'd get more out of this deal. Wish it would have been something. Wish it would have been signs, wonders, and miracles. Wish it would have been this. Wish it would have been a bank account. Wish it would have been no more circumstances. I wish it would have been. And this is where we find ourselves. And he said, you missed the whole thing. It wasn't even about that. It was about the kingdom, and it was about the king, and it's about how good he is. It was about the fact if he didn't get you, no one would. If he doesn't save us, no one does. 
Who, who will deliver me from this body of death, Paul cried. And then he answers it with only one, Jesus Christ. He's the only one. Do we not have any gratefulness anymore for the fact that he snatched you out of hell? There's a, there's a Christian artist uh, named Lecrae. And in one of his songs, he says, if we all got what we deserved, we'd all be in hell. If I got what I earned, because that's what it's about, right? That's what it comes down. I feel like I earned more than that. I feel like I should be getting this back. No, you know what I earned? I earned filthy rags. I earned unrighteousness. I earned a pornography addiction. I earned all kinds of, I earned being on the brink of alcoholism. I earned a lot of things. But what I didn't earn was the gift of grace that changed my life. That is the kingdom of heaven. That is the kingdom of heaven, that he gave up everything to save you. He gave up everything to save us. What a king. Oh, what a landowner. What a man. I love that when he gets to this point, he doesn't even say son of God. He said, it's like me, this son of man standing right in front of you. You want to know what the king, kingdom looks like? Here I am. Look at me. Jesus was the... So the kingdom of heaven is like Jesus. The kingdom is the nature and character of Abba, expressed in and made available through Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The kingdom of heaven is the nature and character of Abba, expressed in and made available through Jesus. These parables, they're not pointing you at a place, a geography, a style. These parables are pointing you at a man, and his name is Jesus. The Bible says he was the express image of the Father, and the Godhead Bodily. He was the prime example. It's easy to get into the place where you begin to say, this sounds great, the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. But what does it look like? It looks like Jesus. If what you're experiencing can't be found in Jesus, then it's not the kingdom. Bill Johnson also says, and you could quote him all night long because he has so much good stuff. He also says that Jesus is perfect theology. Do you know what the most simple definition of theology is? What you think about God. That's what theology breaks down to. It's what do you think about him. Well, if you think anything about him that you can't find in Jesus, it's wrong. It's a lie if you can't find it. So what we see here is Jesus coming as the express nature and character of God being shown and made available to us. You know why he said because I'm here now, the kingdom is available. What does that mean? There's a character and a nature that has now been made available to you that was not made available to more before. Something has been made available to us. Man, I was just supposed to sit here and teach and be so calm. But it's the gospel. It's the kingdom of heaven, Branson. That's what this thing is about. It's all about Jesus. It's simply Jesus. 
Cool shirt. The kingdom of heaven is like Jesus. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.